a bit loud. It's <laughs> oh, not worship lovely. I, I just love belonging to a church that loves to worship God. Wow. I just wanted to share. Is that too loud? Is that too loud? I just wanted to share just tonight about the relationship we have with God our Father. Do we have that relationship in the way that he really wants us to have it? There's... Q. <laughs> oh, that's good. I just wanted to open with this words from Jesus that he prayed. This was just before he approached the end of his time on earth. And he called out and prayed to his father. He shared and prayed for his disciples. And then he prayed for us. I pray also for those who believe in me through their, their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us. So the world will believe that you have sent me, I in them and you in me. May they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me. So I wanted to take some time tonight to look at our relationship with Father God and his heart for us. It's a huge subject. There's a whole big book about it here. And I noticed when we talked about the heart of Jesus, we spent weeks as a church looking at the heart of Jesus. So this is not going to be a big Bible study tonight. This is a little bit of personal sharing, verses and my own maybe reflections. And I hope at the end of it, it will take us a little bit deeper, a little bit closer, and maybe take us on a journey to see if there's anything that's blocking us or holding us back from being in the relationship as God sees it and wanted us to have it. So the group of us tonight, we've come from all different backgrounds and ages. Some of us have walked with the Lord for ages. Some of us, it's a new journey. Some of us may not have started some of us may have started and it's grown a bit cold and a bit tired and we've lost a bit of that passion. And all of us have had different relationships and life experiences that colour the way we relate to God and to each other along the way. So what are the things that we learn from Scripture that God impresses on us? Well, right at the very beginning we see Adam and Eve in the garden with God. A personal, connected relationship. People with God in his place with him, enjoying his company, in his creation. And then man went and sported. And so often, gone our own way, turned away from God, and sinned and created distance. And time and time again in the Old Testament, we see God's people cry out when things are desperate and bad and they need help. And God has mercy and saves them and brings them back. And then things start getting better again. And they go off again after other idols. And we have this language in the Bible that is just so personal. I think one of the things that struck me is the words... If only my people would. There's just a yearning in God's voice. If only my people would follow me. If only they'd hear my voice. 
for their well-being and, and because he's longing for that relationship too. When his people felt abandoned, they cried out, and, and there's these beautiful words that God says to Israel, can her mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born? Though she may forget, I will not forget you. See, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. He says to Israel, I have made you. I will carry you. I will sustain you. I will rescue you. And a lovely verse that I like, particularly in Zephaniah. The Lord, your God, is with you. He is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love, and he will rejoice over you with singing. It's such an intimate, personal relationship that we're giving from the Father. Thankfully, not all the characters in the Old Testament are bad and messed up, and we have some beautiful examples. My favorite is David, because he left us so many beautiful psalms, and there is a psalm for every raw emotion, I think, that we go through. David had such a passion. I was saying to Keith in the car tonight, just driving over. I love the way as a teenager, when Goliath came against the people, he was so indignant. How dare he? There was such a passion and a fight. He just went for it. And, and he messed up too. But in his Psalms, you get the real heart of a relationship between David and his father God. We have Psalms that show anger and rage, despair, frustration, feelings of abandonment and struggle, dryness, jealousy, and also confidence all the way running through in God's help, his strength, the joy and the praise, and the yearning to be with him. He knows the awesomeness of God. He's witnessed these mighty, mighty acts where God controls the destinies of nations and does marvelous things. He knows that almightiness of God, but he knows the personalness in his relationship too. The two aren't separated. God is part of his every day. He trusts him. He's helped and guided by him. He's honest with him in the way he's feeling. He doesn't hold back. And you get this lovely yearning from David in, in the Psalms, the language, as the deer pants for the water. So my soul yearns for you, O God. Le yearns for the living God. He says another time, my soul yearns to be in the courts of the Lord, in his presence. My heart, my flesh cry out for the living God. There's such a passion there. And he has that lovely close relationship by day, the Lord directs his love. At night, the Lord is with me. A prayer to the God of my life. Yet I am always with you, he says. You hold me by your right hand. You guide me with your counsel. And afterwards, you'll take me into glory. One of my favorite psalms, well, actually, I've got lots of them, but for today, one of my favorites. <laughs> Is 139. Bing. Just a little bit higher. Oh Lord, you search me. Yeah. 
I don't know if you're familiar with this. I love it. It's just a nice, oh, Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit down and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O Lord. You hem me in behind and before. You have laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there, your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. And we have a lovely contrast between Almighty God, the Alpha, the Omega, creator of heaven and earth, of all the things that we don't even know about, of that huge universe, God who controls the destiny of nations, and the personal Father God, who so loved the world that he sent his son Jesus to bring us back into that relationship with him. I love this morning the way Philip said, I had, I had exactly the same verse, be still and know that I am God, when I was walking this morning. Sometimes I really get going in the countryside and I'm full of the glory of it all and isn't it wonderful? And I just felt God say, Shh, and just be still. And we had Philip give two different perspectives this morning. Almighty God, be still and know that I am God. The authority that's been sounded down in that. And the be still and know that I am God. And the two go together. So then Jesus comes and introduces us to a more intimate side. He says, to have seen me is to have seen the Father. He could do nothing except what the Father commanded. All his power and his authority came from the Father, whom he served and loved. He said, I am in the Father and the Father is in me. The words I say to you are not my own. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe in me when I say to you, I am in the Father and the Father is in me. So when he was explaining about the commandments, he says the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your might or strength, and then love your neighbor as yourself. So it comes with, with the love of God. And when you get that bit right, the doing all the other commands just follows. And when he taught his disciples to pray, Again, we have these two things side by side. He, he said, call him Father, our Father, Papa, Abba, Daddy. He was calling me a Father. He is in heaven, and his name is to be hallowed. He is holy, but he's also your Father. The two side by side all the time. So, what holds us back from enjoying that relationship that the Father wants us to have. I remember a time in Australia, quite a few years ago, I'd been doing a counselling course for six months, 
And one of the subjects on the course for the evening was about trust and how our earthly relationships, particularly with fathers, can damage the way we relate to Father God. Um, I'm not going to go into the whole area, but if we've had a father who's been absent a lot or who's been a real strong disciplinarian or expected us to perform, we had to do the right thing to be liked, um, maybe fathers have abandoned us or there have been other issues, there may have been violence, abuse, or different issues. The things that we've grown up with can impact on our ability to... Um, no forgiveness, no trust, and engage fully with God the Father. It's just part of life. It gets in the way a bit, and we don't always know it's there. So I was driving home late at night after doing this course and driving up to the traffic lights, and I, I just called out to God, and I said, So God, how has my relationship with my dad affected the way I am with you? I just, just wanted to apply it and see what he said. I thought I had a fairly good childhood, really. And I heard this quiet voice, this experience where I was just taken out of the driving and heard this quiet voice. And he said, when did you feel close to your father? And I thought about it, and I thought, well, early in the morning as a child, I used to get up and I used to walk to the convent. We were Catholics, and we used to go to early morning mass in the convent. And it was always really quiet and holy, really, and I went with my dad to Mass. Going for walks, I'd often walk home from school with my dad, it was probably the only time I could get to chat to him, because he was very busy, but walking with him. Working in the garden, and was always made to weed, and I hated weeding as a child, but I enjoyed the teaching time, he'd often tell me things about nature, my dad, and share things with me. And then lastly, on holiday, I love to get absolutely away from everybody and everything and go to the country or the seaside and just be in God's creation, just be with my dad away from noise and stuff and enjoy his company. So I thought about that, and then I heard the words, when do you feel close to me? So I thought about it, and I thought, well, I like to get up early in the morning and have a quiet time with my Bible and my prayer, and I feel it's really hushed and special. Um, I walk very often early in the morning and that's when God and I do business and I'm praying for people and chatting with him I like to garden most of the time and in the garden God has, has given me an awful lot of insights we've been writing a book together insights and lessons from my father jottings in the garden when he's often made me stop and look at something and give me a talk or pulled me up on something that needed pulling up on. And lastly, I love time away. I love to be absolutely in God's creation, away from the noise and the bustle, and just enjoy his presence. So I thought it all sounded good and healthy and nice. And then I was shown a picture, and it took me completely by surprise. And it was me at 11, standing outside a classroom waiting for my father. And he was given a piano lesson to my friend, and I had to wait for him in order to walk home from school. And this was kind of a regular every week thing. And I was desperate to learn the piano. I always wanted to learn the piano. And my dad was always going to teach me, but he'd get home and he'd have a meeting. And life would get in and I just wouldn't get my lessons. 
And I had to watch my friend, who didn't really want to learn the piano, but her parents thought it was a good idea, passing her exams, and I'd walk home, and when am I going to get a lesson? And in the end, I had private lessons, but that feeling that Dad was just too busy, you know, it's just the time of life. And then I then heard these words. So I saw the picture, got the impression, and I heard the words, I will never be too busy for you. You can't possibly imagine all the good things I have in store for you. And then I saw this picture of this enormous table that was sparkling and glistening and got candelabras and food and jewelry things pouring down. It was huge. And that was it. I was, thought, okay, back in the car again. And I didn't even know that I felt that, but then I was sort of reflecting on it over a few days and I thought, yeah, my dad was very busy, as a lot of dads are at that age, and he did have meetings, and he had a heart for lots of other people and church, and he was everywhere. And I felt absolutely at the bottom of the pecking order. So I didn't want to trouble him or tell him things or share when things went wrong. I just thought, I can handle this. I can do it on my own. I don't need help. And I realized I was a bit like that with God, my father. I would pray for a lot of other people. I'd pray for the big calamities and the big things. But I held back from some of the day-to-day -day stuff because he got a lot on his plate and I didn't want to bother him. And uh, I probably didn't feel that quite as valued that I should be bringing these things to him. So it was only a little bit of an insight, but it was the start of a journey that said, OK, Lord, I think you're showing me to... We've got to change a few things here. And uh, I did phone my dad the next day and tell him about this. I shared this picture with him, and I just said, Dad, can I ask for your forgiveness? And he said, what for? I said, well, I, if I was resentful and angry as a child, I don't know if I, I couldn't remember, you know, years have gone on. I'm really sorry, because you were a good dad, and you were doing what dads had to do. You had to work and do all the other stuff. And... Um, so I shared that with him, because I just didn't want any baggage getting in the way. I thought, if this is baggage, I need to deal with it. And that did change my relationship with how I saw Father, because I got a closer relationship with him in talking and sharing, which we're still growing and working on. And I've really been privileged and blessed since then to have had some awesome answers to prayer and blessings from God. And He's really taught me that he valued me, that I am his beloved, and that is the same for each and every one of us. Sometimes we do get knocked by life and by other people's impressions and things that happen to us, and it sets us back. But one thing that never changes is that you are beloved by God your Father. He is a constant. He's faithful. He never lets you down. And he wants us to abide in him like the vine to grow in him that we get our strength we can't produce fruit and leaves unless we're part of the vine we have to allow that relationship to grow together he in us and us in him and then we can bear fruit for him and it's actually so much easier um, that way so I just wanted to share one of the little memory. When I was 17 and I finally surrendered my life to God, I knew him and loved him, but I didn't want him to have control. And at 17, I 
handed over the steering wheel or whatever. And there was an old man who was 65. I cannot remember his name. I just remember he was 65. And he was making the same decision as I was. And he was in floods of tears. And he said, I have been to church all my life. He was in the Catholic Church. I've been to church all my life. I have helped at, I think it was Legion of Mary, where it's helping the poor and the hungry. I've cleaned. I've been on rotors. I've spent my whole life in church. And I've never known God until this moment. The Father God that he cared for me until this moment. And he just wept. He just wept and wept. And you can imagine, as a 17-year-old, that was really made a big imprint. And I thought, Lord, how can that have happened? But we do. It happens to lots of us. We go through life. We know about him. We know that he loves us. But we have to grow on that journey with him and allow his Holy Spirit to teach us and show us where we may be holding back, where there's hurts, where there's baggage, and say, Lord, just don't want it. I just want to be in that closeness. I want to be surrendered to you. So I'd like to just leave you with the end of that Psalm 139. Because even David, who seemed to have it all together, he was, he was a king and he won battles. It was just an ongoing journey with God. He said, search me, God. Know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. God tells us not to be anxious because that's a sign we don't trust him when we're anxious. Know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. So I thought I'd just leave that there. Maybe we just have some quiet time for however long it takes and just pause and maybe just reflect is there anything in my life just ask the Lord to show you if there's anything that's holding me back from that unity that is what the Father and Jesus came for and, um, and this is a church that prays there's loads of people around here that will pray with you if you want prayer afterwards or with people beside you don't go out with blockages if you can pray and have some help with it today. So that was just my thoughts. I just leave that with you quietly.